Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. And I am Brandon. Hey, how's it going, Brandon? I'm doing good. I'm going to be using my NPR voice tonight. Uh, Brandon's feeling a little emasculated <laughs> because we were just watching the Denver Nuggets and Portland Trailblazer oh. game. <laughs> so he's got throwing shade already. <laughs> so he's got to use his NPR voice. That was part of the bet. <laughs> no, not really, but uh, it, it was basically for the eighth seed of the playoffs. And I mean, there's still time to go. They can still turn it around, but it's going to be kind of tough. That just gave Portland a one game lead. So, but I know people aren't here for sports. They're here for nerdy pop culture, right? Yeah. So we're going to talk about the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> Actually. Yeah. Go ahead. We talked about it a little bit with Adrian when he was on the show and I told him, uh, back when we had the sports podcast, they were starting to talk about, relocating to las vegas and i was just like dude i'll believe it when i see it and i just did not believe that it was going to happen and like years later it finally happened so what were your thoughts on that you know there's a part of me that really kind of likes it because i can get cheap flights to las vegas so i could watch bronco games ah smart (laughs) That's like probably the cheapest flight you can get too. I mean, because you could get like the the Legion Air flights for like sixty bucks. So, and I don't know what the ticket price on the game would cost, but <laughs> <laughs> a lot. If there's anything I learned about football, it's a lot. But the weird thing is. They're going to do it sometime within the next two to four years. They're going to relocate. Well, so they have two years left on their contract in Oakland. So they're at least two years going to be playing. And then the third year, they have the option to play at the UNLV stadium before the stadium's completely built. Yeah. So three to four years, it'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be a while, but uh there it was really funny because I read an article talking about it and they they brought up the owner um <laughs> and, Chucky. And, yeah. And they 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 mentioned the possibility of them being a or not possibility but how they're a lame duck team in Oakland now. And he denied they were a lame duck team and the the article was really snot uh snarky about it and they were like So, apparently, he doesn't know the meaning of lame duck. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way he understands it, because if he did understand it, he would get that. Hey, these are alternative facts. (laughs) Alternative facts by the alternative media. Fake news. Yeah. Okay, anyway, let's, let's get into some of our nerdy news here. So, we'll start out. There was a trailer that dropped today for uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Did you happen to see this I at all? I did happen to see this. This was just delightful. Okay, what did you like about it? I'm curious because I'm like the super fan, so we'll get your take and then we'll get my take. Um, it seemed like they, just from what I saw in the trailer, they were striking a good balance of comedy plus... Um, you're really actually trying to do like a high school or college story because they were showing like him at lunch talking with the other kid and being loners. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it it looked like it was going to have a lot of like a heart to it. So that's kind of something that I really gleaned on to. And then the other part I really liked was the tech. Yeah. Yeah, you liked how the web shooters were designed and stuff like that. Yeah, and then like the the auto fit suit. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Now, one thing I, I'm not quite sure where they're coming from is uh, back to this cover for the Facebook Live listeners. Where the hell are they getting this yellow jacket from? <laughs> like, I have no idea what that is. I feel like that's probably significant to something, but I'm just not nerdy enough to it's know. It's Star Labs. It's Star Labs? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> that's like DC, right? That's DC. Okay. I got confused for a second because uh, Peter Parker was with like, he's 
Well, he was working for a lab for a while in Marvel Comics. I haven't read for a little bit. Well, I know he was working with Doc Connors for quite a while. Yeah, I think it's not really a Doc Connors thing anymore, but um, he's with, I don't know. I don't know because it's the Dr. Octopus thing taking over his body kind of switched up everything. I fell off after I kind of read through that and then one issue after that and I was just like, I took a break from Spider-Man for a while, so been reading other stuff since then, but trying to keep up with all the Marvel properties that they're spinning out the shows and movies, so I've been reading some Doctor Strange, been reading some Iron Fist and stuff like that, so kind of trying to understand the mystical elements of Marvel a little bit better. It's just for the podcast. It has nothing to do with my nerdy needs. <laughs> so did you finish the Iron Fist series on Netflix? Oh, yeah, dude. When we recorded last week, um, I had watched it all in three days. Okay. Yeah, so I was I was done with the Netflix stuff by, like, Sunday afternoon, I think, <laughs> <laughs> or the Sunday evening, but, yeah. See, I, I've talked to a few people that are trudging through the Iron Fist, and I didn't know where. I couldn't remember where you stood on that. Um, I, I, I thought it was all right, but it's the – it's the most inferior of the Netflix uh, Marvel shows. It, it have flaws. The white savior thing was a little problematic. Um, I thought like Colleen Wang was like a really good character that they developed pretty well in it. There's already calls for them to make a series with her and uh, the detective from Luke Cage um, and turn them into like a daughters of the dragon series i doubt that'll happen but especially like when you consider that they might do a season two of iron fist you want to keep your strongest character in the show if it's not like well loved like you want people to have a reason to check it out again you know but i thought it was all right it's just like it's on the backs of like luke cage and jessica jones it was just it it wasn't nearly as good so back to spider-man okay um the i mean i i really dug this trailer um the other thing i really kind of kind of thought was interesting is it looked like we're gonna get a decent marvel villain with the vulture yeah they i i think it's probably a lot of it is the casting of michael keaton because, like, when I pictured the vulture, I was just like, who the fuck cares about the vulture? Like, it's an old bald guy who can fly. Like, that's it. But they really, they're really smart with, like, having the, the giant mech wings and, like, he seems legitimately frightening. But then, like, Michael Keaton's just a really good actor. Yeah. So I think you, like, put those together. He looks like a good villain in it. Um, also, they, uh, they put Shocker in the trailer just for a second. Which like made me happy that Shocker was there, but I didn't see the quilted costume. Marvel, please tell me you're fucking with me. And there's a quilted costume coming out at some <laughs> point. I need the quilt. We we've covered this before when they talked about like putting the Shocker into this movie. Like I need a quilted costume. That has to happen. It's got to be red and gold and quilted. And like, quilted. Yeah, we need this to happen. He's like the Charmin of superheroes. <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah uh yeah the the tech stuff was a lot of fun something else that was fun that'll serve as our transition from talking about spider-man so they had a little captain america cameo uh clearly he was doing some sort of video for um for school <laughs> and so they like I you can see it on this. facebook live here that they, they have like him and this like shitty tv actually i have that tv i don't anymore but i had that tv for i'm years. pretty sure i had that tv yeah it was a very cheap tv so they're of course they're hitting up what spider-man should be which is you know kid from queens probably not the most money in the schools uh but i love that they had captain america worked into there that was a nice little surprise especially considering he's um not vibing well with tony stark right now but this brings me to a very quick talk about cap because we talked about him last week and i don't want to do the blow by blow on this but basically chris evans was quoted as saying that uh he's totally willing to do captain america again so this is one of two things. This is either they're having a contract dispute like it was with Iron Man and uh, 
you know, if that's the case, like we've seen this play out, they'll probably pay him eventually. Or they were like, hey, dude, you know that we're going to kill you in these movies. Like, contractually, you have to help sell these. So why don't you, like, play it up like you could be back, you know, because he's going to die So if, if that's the case. So I don't know. I don't know which direction they're going, but I don't want to hit the blow-by-blow. Blow. It's one of these two things. Until I hear something definitive, we probably won't talk about it anymore because I'm guessing it's going to bounce around in the press for a while. Yeah, I I don't see I don't see your really strong front rather runner either way so far. Yeah. But one thing that they are doing for sure in the in the uh Sony Spider Man universe, they're doing that Venom movie we talked about, and there's a little more information. So it's for sure gonna be R rated. Um it's for sure gonna have no connection to the MCU, so I'm guessing that means no Spider Man. And for sure going to have a modest budget, which is the smartest of the three things I've heard. Like the R-rated thing, you can go either way. I think it's smarter with Venom to do an R rating for this Venom I could definitely see with the R rating because he's a character that could do some fun stuff with the R rating. Yeah, and I think that that's that's really smart. But the the modest budget is really smart. Don't sit there and like put your balls out on this thing and just destroy your whole cinematic universe because you spent too much money. Like build up to it. You know what I mean? Like just be smart with how you you tell this tale. You don't have to spend like a hundred million on this movie. You know? No. And so that's like I was happy to hear that. Um, so did, did you happen to catch what their budget is on that movie? No, I didn't. Okay. Uh, they just said that they're going to keep it modest. So I, I read that is like 40 to 60 million. Um, that's how I would guess. Okay. Cause like the picture, like the number I had was like a 25 mil. Ooh, that seems like excessively cheap though. I don't yeah. know. Maybe, but for a superhero movie, I feel like. You're probably gonna spend around fifty. I, I'm get, I'm gonna guess for like, what was what was Deadpool? I feel like it was like sixty one or something like that. So maybe like that kind. I of don't budget. think it was that. High. I thought it was like a thirty five. It might be thirty five. Yeah. So yeah. So I feel confident in that number, like forty to sixty, somewhere around there. I, I'm just guessing off the top of my head. They have not thrown out any numbers, but they said moderate budget. So. Um, I feel like when you get into the 30s, that's pretty low budget for like a, a big budget. Yeah. Or not big budget, but a, a big studio. They probably won't. All right. This is like one of these things that I've learned over the years is like the studios rarely um, pay for their entire movie anymore. Like since Marvel teamed up with or got bought out by Disney, I think they film or they like do their entire thing. But like, warner brothers for example all the dc pictures they always partner with somebody else who like takes half the cost and gets half the profits but it's like half the risk if you do it that way yeah so that happens quite a bit with superhero stuff and since that happens it seems like that's part of the reason why you don't get those like 10 million dollar movies anymore except for around oscar time it's just like it's you know like it's not profitable enough anymore because studios need that big profit they feel like it anyway so yeah it's kind of a bummer like the the loss of, of those types of movies but let's move on a little bit more into the the cinematic universe for uh sony so the other thing that they announced is they're going to do a black cat silver sable movie wow it, yeah this was described as a unnamed female superhero movie <laughs> before and uh there was there was some speculation that like black cat had something to do with it and i know for a while with the spider-man script silver sable was supposed to be in it and so obviously they went away from that but apparently this was a script that they that was sort of floating around sony that they were gonna make this movie and then when the when they decided to scrap amazing spider-man 3 and everything that went with it um the script went by the wayside for a little while so uh i think it's chris yost like dusted it off he's a guy he's done a couple of movies that are pretty big but the most notable one right now is he's doing thor ragnarok 
and this is another one that have nothing to do with the MCU, but it is going to be um, tied in with with the, like their their universe that they're putting together. So by the time this comes out, it very well might have Spider Man in it because there's Amy Pascal is sort of giving hints that maybe after their contract is over, Sony and Marvel aren't going to team up for any more movies. So that's the case. You got to figure Spider-Man's going to be crossing over into all this shit. I would just imagine. But um, anyway, so so they're going to do this movie. Do you know anything about Black Cat or Silver Sable? I have zero interest in this movie so far. Do you know anything about the characters? No, nothing. Okay. So Black Cat, kind of a smart move, I think. Um, it's basically Marvel's version of Catwoman. Like it's just, it, it was a rip off, and then they sort of set her aside. But at a certain point, they gave her bad luck power. So basically, if people are around her, they like kind of get bad luck. And then they gave her like some things she puts in her ears that helps her with like kind of like a super balance, so that she can do like all these acrobatic stuff like more than a normal person should be able to. But she was brought in. Uh, the character's name is like Felicia Hardy. And she was a girlfriend to Spider-Man. And she was like, it was much like Batman to Catwoman. Like, she was she was a robber, but she would help him out on stuff uh, when he was on crimes because she really liked the adrenaline rush. And she was, like, not the right choice for Peter Parker, but she's the bad girl he couldn't stay away from for a while. And he was the last person that Peter Parker dated before he got together with Mary Jane Watson. So, like, they had a will-they-won't-they they for a long time, like, decades in uh, Spider-Man comics with Mary Jane and Spider-Man. But, uh, like, before he got together with her for the last time, they had a, a dalliance with Black Cat. And then he wound up, like, realizing Mary Jane was the right person. They got married before they fucking undid everything 20 years later. I'll never let that shit go. Makes me so mad. Not you, though. (laughs) It makes me mad because they undid all this Spider-Man history because the editor didn't like Spider-Man dating somebody or married to somebody. He just didn't like that for whatever reason. So um, it still pisses me off when I read Spider-Man comics that all this shit has been undone from it. That's crap. Yeah. (laughs) And nobody likes it like it was all a dream or whatever. Like nobody likes this shit when you like like. You know, it would have been more more interesting if they would have had a falling out and then, like, he hooks, maybe hooks up with uh, Black Cat on the rebound. Yeah. Like, you know, that is way more interesting than just, like, oh, this shit didn't happen. Well, and that was, that was always my point, too. If they were going to, like, have them split up in a marriage... There's a story to be had there because it was well-established Mary Jane was super worried about him all the time. And, like, I think that you could turn that into, like, she was just done. Like, the people could understand that. But instead they insulted our intelligence by making it this whole thing where, um, like, to save his Aunt May from dying, he made a deal with a demon and like the demon like said that they would split up and never get together again but they believed strongly that they would wind up getting back together even if like they undid the marriage and their memories of it was erased and of course it hasn't happened because the editor didn't want that but uh yeah and now it's a, a fucking clusterfuck because not only like are the older fans still pissed about this it's not just me but like there's been so much history since then that it's like you can't really fix it without alienating another section of the fan base. <laughs> so it's like, what do you fucking do? You know, I don't know. It, it was a stupid, sorry, it was a stupid move, stupid plot. Um, not in love with that one. It was a new day. It was that horrible fucking graphic novel that did that. So you know, and it's, I mean, it could. Like, the breakup stuff in the superhero universe can work. I mean, Pepper Potts is a great example of that. Because her and Tony Stark just have fallen apart. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because you keep wondering, like, what's what's going on? What's driving that? Like, 
They don't want to pay Gwyneth Paltrow. That's what's going on. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. But story-wise, there's something there to be had. Like, you can see it. He's like a selfish dude and, like, very driven. So that probably doesn't leave a lot of room in a relationship. Like, he's got a lot of room for himself. So right away, (laughs) that makes it hard. But then she also has a key to his social security number, which has got to be a big thing for him because he still believes the social security number is six. Six. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a tough one. Uh, Here's some weird random news. Fucking Aaron Sorkin, who is best known for doing the West Wing and for doing, uh, oh, God, Moneyball. Um, What was the Tom Cruise movie? Fucking Moneyball. Yeah. You can't handle the truth. Uh, A few good men. A few good men, yeah. Uh, Aaron Sorkin was just mentioning offhand the other day that he has a meeting with both Marvel and DC this week. So they're both on his tail for, like, apparently a superhero movie. And he's saying that, like, he's got to talk to him and see if there's a character that they can set him up with that he can do because he's completely unfamiliar with comics. But I'm fucking intrigued. That sounds I, interesting I, to me. Like, who, like, I was trying to think of like what you could do with Aaron Sorkin because he's most famous for like having people walking down a hallway and talking very fast and delivering a lot of dialogue. I'm trying to figure like what superhero kind of property that you could do that with. Do you have any ideas, Brandon? <sighs> you know, I'm I'm trying to like go through my catalog and there's nothing that like really fits but i'm really intrigued where they go with this because i'm a big fan of alan sorkin's films Mm -hmm. and especially because you mentioned moneyball great movie and great movie great team yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're an A's fan. I'm an athletics fan. And he made an interesting film about a baseball finance man. Like when like it, that whole movie really boils down to like them coming to turn or like having to deal with the the shittiest budget in the major league baseball and having to like put together a team and actually like going far in the playoffs with the shittiest budget just because they got a, a guy that knew how to put together a team with nothing. And I got to say like for the last like six, seven years, there's really only two sports movies that stand out, which was not the case for a long time. Like in the eighties and nineties, you had, a couple good sports movies every year is kind of like uh superhero movies but now the only ones that stand out for the last six seven years are like Moneyball and uh i would say creed like that's about it i can't really think of anything else that stands e, out i think you nailed it i mean there's nothing that comes off the top of my head like as far as sports movies go that and i think because and i I would say a part of that was a lot of people really like delved into the 30 for 30 stuff. And so I think a lot of the storylines have gone into that. You know what? I think you hit it 100% on the mark. Um, I think that the rise of the sports documentary has kind of deballed the Hollywood sports movie a little bit. And it would be easy to say that that's sad, but, like, honestly, the sports docs are so fucking good that, like, yeah, I don't even, like, I don't even feel bad anymore. No, like, I can watch any 30 for 30 film and just, like, be mesmerized by it. Dude, my wife and I have been watching that O.J. Simpson Made in America, which I didn't think I would have any interest (laughs) in, and it's fucking phenomenal, man. My wife started watching that. I, I haven't watched that yet but okay she says it's great here's my advice for you get the espn app because you you have it on cable right correct like you can watch espn no no oh do you have a way to watch espn no okay anyway no well for the listeners like no (laughs) (laughs) well for the listeners uh 
uh, the you can get it on the ESPN app if you have it some way. I have Sling TV, so um, I can get the ESPN app through there, and it's on there. They have all all five parts. They're all, I believe, an hour and a half to two hours long, and there's only three commercials for the entire time, and I mean three individual commercials for the whole thing. <sighs> it's fucking amazing. I think that it's like five ninety-minute episodes, mm-hmm. but like the first episode, it just talks about him like a little bit with his childhood, not much, just a little bit, and then like his football playing career, and then it sets it against a backdrop of like what's going on between the police and um, black people in Los Angeles at that time. And then you go into the second episode and it starts to like talk about like his post football career and like what he's doing in Hollywood and like calling games and things like that. And then it's and his relationship with his wife. And then it's juxtaposing it once again with the tensions going on with the LAPD and the black community and then we started the third episode and we got a little bit into it and we had to turn off because I don't like their documentaries. So it's like we'll start running into the next one and then turn it off as opposed to just finishing it and being like, they're done because it's all like one big thing. But um, he hasn't even killed his wife yet. Like, you know, two and a third. Into but he the didn't. Documentary. He was acquitted in a court of law. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's fucking fascinating. And as a kid, I could not give a shit less for the oj trial like i i was i was at your house brandon like we were watching the nba finals i remember this it was the rockets and the knicks and we were watching that game and i found out later actually from a 30 for 30 documentary at the exact same time there was a uh world cup like like the 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 fifa championship world cup game and there was a um uh was it a baseball game? I think there might have been like a, a World Series game going on no. at the same time. Or no, no, Stanley Cup. There's a Stanley Cup game going on at the same time because that's right. The NHL playoffs are about the same time as the NBA playoffs. Yeah. So um, there was all of this going on and everything got preempted for that that Bronco chase. <laughs> but um, it's a fucking well done like – just amazing documentary and i guess it's like seven and a half hours long altogether and they fucking put it into movie theaters and people were actually like watching it in one chunk and that's why it won an oscar was it was up for best doc and like just destroyed it one of the only movies to win like to win a oscar and an emmy like weird yeah yeah pretty pretty amazing (laughs) halfway through an egot yeah (laughs) set that shit to music (laughs) set that shit to music and then make it a musical that could be a little distasteful right (laughs) and anyway uh but yeah the rise of the sports documentaries has really it's, it's been it's been fascinating dude like there's been so many good sports docs so um, anyway, getting back to the point, I'm interested to see what they'll do with Aaron Sorkin if they do anything. But I was thinking for Marvel, if you ever wanted to make a S.H.I.E.L.D. movie, you could totally do a S.H.I.E.L.D. movie with like Aaron Sorkin because you have that, like, You know, I think you just nailed it because <laughs> that is probably one of the few places that I can see it really happening because a lot of that's really character and um dialogue driven yeah and then if you're going to do i I was trying to think of what would work for like warner brothers like for the dceu i have no idea i don't know dc comics well enough to be able to to call that but maybe gotham city police department like gopd like maybe that i i don't know i don't know i have no ideas so. The the only other thing I could see with Marvel would be like going into like uh, Daredevil territory. Oh, but Daredevil, not so much. I mean, you mean like a show like that? I mean, like a. I think he might be able to pull off a Daredevil movie. Yeah, I don't think they have like any interest whatsoever doing any of those no, things as movies though. I I mean I, I totally agree with you, but I'm just like 
if you had to put him into something, I think that's where you go with it. So I think we can agree Justice League may not be handled by Zack Snyder the best, but we definitely don't want Aaron Sorkin doing the Justice League. <laughs> that could be a little bit weird. Walking in a giant V formation, like fucking <laughs> talking about how they're going to handle this whole doomsday crisis in the best way that they can do it. Pro- probably not a great idea, but there was a new trailer for Justice League that dropped a I, couple days ago. Not I actually f- dug that one too. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of enjoyed it as well. We finally got a real look at Cyborg. Um, seeing Cyborg sort of made me understand why he's not as much in the other trailer because, like, there's clearly a lot of CGI done on him. Yeah. Um, and I was reading a few articles and they were just, a lot of that was, I'm sure, just a lot of speculation, mm-hmm. but it, it sounded like they were really trying to, uh, push him as a lot of the plot for the movie. Uh-huh. So, which was kind of interesting because he's probably one of the least known out of the justice league as far. Well, I mean, Anybody that knows the Justice League knows the cyborg's part of it. It's it's interesting because he is he is the least known maybe for comic book readers or like some of the people are a fan of the animated stuff, but for like kids like like my daughter or like my anybody that's watched the like Teen Titans, yeah, definitely their favorite character. And that's the thing. Like he is really, really big with the little kids, and so I think it uh, it makes sense to like give him an elevated part because if you're trying to get kids excited, you know, to like help your properties like ten years down the line when they're adults and stuff, you definitely want to develop this character. Like, and he's he's in the forefront in the comics now since they relaunched DC. They made him like they they kind of took off Martian Manhunter as one of the main ones and put him in which is questionable to me um maybe i would <laughs> I know how much off. you love got a man crush on Martian Manhunter i fucking love Matt Martian Manhunter i think that the better move would have been to take off Aquaman who's always the joke of the Justice League and then like inserted in Cyborg but whatever what do i know i only read comic books whatever <laughs> damn you comic nerd (laughs) but i do i am happy like he's got a bigger role but i noticed who it looks like is going to be the star of this movie whether he's intended to be or not is aquaman dude like watching him riding on that fucking car screaming and dude like like, crazy shit killing like multiple parademons just it looked pretty badass. Yeah, and like he looks like a fun, like he looks like a dude who probably like drinks malt malt liquor in the parking lot, <laughs> throws off his shirt, and is ready to fight. Like I'm ready to see that superhero, and I think we got that in spades in this movie. Yeah it it looked real like because it looked like because uh, there was at least two scenes in that trailer where he was like fucking up parademons <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh something else that's interesting that i was reading about um justice league is that like Zack snyder was talking about superman and he's trying to do this dance like superman's dead but then like they already greenlit man of steel 2 and all this stuff so it's like it's getting Dude, ridiculous everybody know everybody knows superman is coming back yeah, and Zack Snyder's everybody. <laughs> Zack Snyder's trying to play it up like, well, he's the reason why they got together. Okay, sure, sure, he's the reason why they got together. He's also gonna like he's alive. You already gave that hint at the end, and we all saw it. Like, and there was like a thing from the set, and there was a little thing that showed like part of a black Superman suit, which is what he wore when he was like harnessing the sun's energy so that he could come back in the, after the death of Superman storyline. So it's like, you already fucking tipped your hands, Zack Snyder. We know, we know just try and make this movie good and maybe just, not super serial. Just make it good. Yeah. Just make it good. Even if it's super serial, just make it good. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it's actually as funny as the last trailer led us to believe. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um yeah, there were, there was so much like all most of the characters in that seemed really fun. I mean, the Flash. I'm of course I'm always been Flash has been my favorite character. Yeah, I, I like Flash Justice a lot. League. Um and um Ezra Miller looks like he's going to be a lot of fun as the Flash. Yeah, he's I starting mean, to get some brownie points now that people are realizing. I had time to let it sink in that we're not getting the guy from the We're not the getting show. Grant Gustin. No. And how could you? I mean, honestly, at this point, like with how many episodes they do of that show, I really feel like they never stop filming that show. You know, they do 23 episode seasons of The Flash, and I am very happy that they're going to do somebody else for the 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 movie universe just because I think if they pulled him away to do a movie, I, I think the show would take a big hit from that. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's my favorite part of the Air Berlanti verse is the flash. So I don't, I don't want to see them distract from that. Yeah. Okay, let's move on a little bit. So Escape from New York is going to get a remake. Yeah. Um, so Maybe. when I first heard that, <laughs> no, no, this is, it sounds like it's definitely going to happen. So No, but I, I mean, like, at first I'm like, yeah, and then I'm kind of shying away from it just a little bit. So I'm not shying away at all, and I'll tell you why. All right. Executive producer. Okay. It's uh, uh, what's his face? Um, John Carpenter. John Carpenter, which could mean anything, could mean he has nothing to do with it, but I don't know. The executive part of that makes me think he has some sort of say in what happens. But then here's the part I love. Did you hear who's going to direct it? No. Robert Rodriguez. He could make that a fun movie. Dude, tell me a director other than John Carpenter who's more adept at like handling this type of movie than Robert Rodriguez. Uh, I'm a couple beers in, so I can't really come up with anything. So, But, I mean, just that alone. I mean, what, like he had the best out of all of the Grindhouse movies. Yeah. Planet Terror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got (laughs) you. I mean, just that. I mean, if you put... Because he's got a good grasp on what that is. I mean, just that pseudo campy, like, action. We're going to have a high body count. Like, and that's what you want from Escape from New York. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, something else. Uh, I, that's all I really have about Escape from New York. Just Robert Rodriguez is on it. I think. I think I'm willing to see it because Escape from LA was fucking garbage. Um, it's not like they're gonna like come up with another movie that's gonna suddenly turn it around. Like I think John Carpenter kind of lost his fastball, so it's like I don't know. But I I think this could be remade and be remade well. So I'm hopeful for it. But uh, moving on, our last piece, our last piece of whatever before you have a game for us to play. Um, so I saw I saw Kong Skull Island uh, on Friday night, and uh, so I just wanted to give a quick review. Have you gotten to see this? I have not. I'm. This is probably gonna wait till be a, a DVD Blu-ray yeah. rental. That's fair enough. So. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. I thought it was like a fun popcorn movie. It's not like great. Like it's not the the greatest movie you'll see. Um, it's probably the best King Kong movie. I would say. Really? Yeah. I mean, look. Let me let me let me be honest here. Like, if you're talking like cultural significance, obviously you're gonna go with the first one. But I can't get past the racism in the first one. It's bad. It's real bad. Like King Kong is so clearly like a stand-in for a black person. It's just fucking awful the way that they do a lot of the stuff in there and the way that they treat the uh, natives in that movie. It, it's just so much of it comes off as just so 
fucking racist and like sexist and awful that it's just like it's a hard movie for me to watch we established the 70s one uh because we did like a real roulette which by the way real roulette is back uh recorded an episode with aaron donaldson we announced we're gonna do top gun we're gonna be putting that episode out sometime soon uh haven't recorded the episode yet but i did watch top gun I can't claim I've never Ooh. seen it anymore. I've now seen it, and I'm going to hold my thoughts till <laughs> we do that episode. And then if you want to, like, Not a grill- Top Gun virgin anymore. No, not anymore. <laughs> and you can, like, grill me further if you want for whatever I don't talk about in the thing. No, I'll, I'm going to wait for you to get the real roulette out before I... Uh- we talk about it on on this podcast yeah and i don't want to blow my load <laughs> like i have some very specific thoughts about top gun i don't want to i don't no, want to blow and, them before the podcast that that belongs on that inauguration because uh aaron donaldson's coming on for a real roulette yeah yeah and so anyway um so for the last episode of season one of real roulette as it turns out uh, the episode entitled That's All Folks because it was supposed to be our last episode. Brandon stepped in and we did King Kong and I don't think you even saw it. <laughs> you ran out of time and didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, I've I've saw, seen the 70s version and the uh, Peter, Jackson. Peter Jackson version. Yeah, and there's also King Kong Lives which is fucking batshit crazy, which makes me laugh, but it's not a good movie by any stretch. It's just funny for how crazy it is. Um, I've seen King Kong versus Godzilla when I was a kid, and that was my favorite when I was a kid, but, I mean, it's not a particularly good movie either. Um, this is like a, a, this was a fun movie. Like, it knows what it is. It's a fucking popcorn movie. It's not overly long. Like, they fix a lot. I mean, if you look for it, there's probably still racist and sexist tropes as there is with everything. But they're at least, like, making an effort to not have it in there. Like, he's not obsessed with the woman. How about this? Like, Brie Brie Larson in it? Like, he's not obsessed with her. He's not, like, going out of his way to get her. There's no scene where they go to New York. Like, it's fucking Skull Island, which I really appreciated. Because that's always when it falls apart for me the most anyway with King Kong stuff. So when they go to New York, it's like, I don't fucking care. Like, Skull Island's way more exciting than New (laughs) York. And, uh, And then I'll just say this, which I guess spoilers if you don't know this already. So, like, five, four, three, two, one... They fucking, you find out at the end they connect it to Godzilla and we find out that there's like Mothra coming. There's like all kinds of the fucking monsters. Yeah, I heard they're really opening up the uh, the monster universe. <laughs> yeah, so Universal, as much as we were making fun of them before, they're kind of fucking doing it. Like they actually like figured out a way to like make a legitimate like Universal Monsters uh universe and it's kind of working right now like because they threw out dracula and told so so far we got godzilla which was a good movie and we got kong skull island which is a good movie and they're clearly gonna fight because they announced that's gonna be the sequels godzilla versus king kong so uh i the scale they get the scale right in this it's amazing like Kong is big as he should be, and you don't see him like climbing the Empire State Building, which always ruins that scale for me. Because when you see him climbing it, it makes him look smaller. And it, but in this one, they're always smart to like keep in mind like he's the big badass of the island, like always. I fucking love it, and some of the creatures are really fun. That's in it, and John C. Riley is just fun. Like, once he's in it, he's just, like, fun to watch. John Goodman and uh, Samuel L. Jackson chew a ton of scenery in this movie. And they do a great job because they got two great character actors. You know? So, it's, like, it's just a fun movie. Nice. See, one of the things uh, watching the trailers for that movie that I was kind of on the fence about was actually John C. Riley, Because... He looked like he was obviously the comic relief. Yeah, and he obviously is. Uh, but the stuff that they show in the trailer seems really stale. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not the best stuff, but it's like the jokes for the lowest common denominator, which is why they put them in there. Because they're trying to get like 10 to 13 year old boys into this movie. You know what I mean? So like for that, it totally works. But like he has other things in it that I just enjoy him. Like and he's the conscious of the movie. Like he's the one that sort of is like, hey, I don't know if we should be doing this, but he doesn't that John C. Riley voice, you know? And it's kind of a fun idea because he's he gets trapped there in World War Two, and then like he's still there. And this takes place in the, I think in like seventy four, seventy five, somewhere around there. So he's been stuck on this island for like thirty years with only natives who can't fucking speak his language. So he's a little bit crazy, but not like, I mean, he's like fun crazy, right? The fun crazy, yeah. So, like, it's it's a good balance the way that they do them. But, uh, that's, so, oh, go ahead. I did have one odd thing before we get into that. Okay. Our uh, little game here. Um, I actually was at the library a couple of weeks ago and picked up uh, a, the DVD of The Nice Guys. Oh, what what'd you think? I really liked that movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's so much like something we would have watched in like the 80s or 90s and just fucking loved, I think. Yeah, I I thought it was uh really fun. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that was a lot uh, and I give a lot of credit for Shane Black on what he did on it cuz a lot of the stuff was just tripping over themselves sort of humor. mm mm-hmm. Mhm which I thought was really fun. Yeah. Well, and I love how every time there's like a trope that would be set up for a movie, they find some way to subvert it. Like they'll go along with it, but they find a way to like twist it and make it interesting. Like the best example I can come up with was um, like in, in a typical movie from, from that period. Cause it's basically, it's, I mean, it's a movie that takes place in the 70s and it plays with it, but it's made like any movie you would have seen, like an action buddy cop movie from like the 80s or 90s, right? And so when you think about that era, they have a scene where like the detective's got a daughter and usually in the movies they find an excuse to get rid of the daughter when shit starts to get real right like yeah. they, they would have him like stop it as that like most likely if somebody else handled this movie they would have had uh, ryan gosling's character taking his daughter to his like ex-wife's house and been like just watch her and be careful don't answer the door for anybody or whatever and like just said like I I know you don't want to hear this, but I love you or something and have that moment and then like slip out the back door and then eventually they'd get together at the end of the movie because she'd get kidnapped with the daughter, right? That's that's what would happen. They'd find a way to get rid of the daughter until the climax and that'd be the only reason the daughter existed is for the climax of the movie, right? Yeah, and that they really like threw that on his head. Like, so there's, and spoilers for those that haven't seen it, um, there was a scene where he uh, goes and they're looking for this girl and they go to a 70s porn party. <laughs> yeah, and she's with them. She's with them. And, they can't come and, up with anything better for her to do. And he sends her away in a taxi. And they're going through like all the rooms in this mansion. <laughs> and she's there watching porn with a porn star (laughs) yeah and it's like she keeps coming back into it but it's like they found a way to like play that trope but then she comes back like she's not there for that moment in the movie and she actually like part of what she does actually has relevance to the plot yeah she's kind of smarter than both of them yeah (laughs) but not in an annoying way like in a common sense kind of way right yeah so, I mean, that movie was a lot of fun. Yeah, and it made me laugh. They had another thing that was playing with the trope at the beginning, which is a trope that Shane Black put in his movies all the time, which is like at the very beginning, there's a car wreck, and there's a porn star who like 
like dies in the car wreck and her shirt's wide open and she has these giant breasts that are exposed and i think the kid like sees her dead body and he's like boobies <laughs> but it's like it's so funny because like that's why that scene exists is so that kids can watch that movie and then see the boobies part <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the only reason why that exists in movies you know what i mean it's it's to get cert- a certain caliber of person to watch the movie yeah and you know what's it was really interesting because th- i think that was the only like real nudity in your entirety of the movie yeah despite all the porn party stuff yeah there was like a good 20 minute scene at the porn party no nudity (laughs) okay i think we're running out of time so we gotta do this game here so okay what are we doing here okay so i uh was looking was online and i came across a uh hashtag that was trending and it's uh explain a film bat Exclaim a film plot badly. Okay. And so, Biggs, what you're going to do here is we're going to put up a uh, a tweet with a bad plot line on it. Okay. And you're going to try and guess the actual movie that's this is from. Oh, shit. Well, we can keep this on. We were talking about cutting this for the podcast, but I'm just going to keep it on and I'll read it out. Okay, so... Oh, actually, from, why, don't, why don't you read it? All right, from Rachel Burke, Berkey. Let's not give Bacazar, too much time. <laughs> priest kidnaps, priest kidnaps child for a cult and eventual marriage to politician twice his age. Oh my God! Okay, <laughs> priest kidnaps child for cult and eventual marriage to politician twice his age, twice his age. So it's like a woman dude i have no idea i know that there's a funny answer here but i have no idea and your answer is star wars episode one the phantom menace oh my god (laughs) (laughs) that is hilarious (laughs) okay all right let's do the next one here all right kid comes out of the closet Kid comes out of the closet. Um, kid comes out of the closet. E.T.? Wrong. The Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's move on to the next one here. All right. Cultural appropriation in space. A new hope. Avatar. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. That so describes that movie so well. (laughs) So you're 0 for 3 so far. These are tough, man, but they're, they're humorous. Okay, let's go to the next one here. All right. A depressed office worker joins a cult in this stable... Joins a cult and destabilizes a government. Oh, I'm going to say Fight Club. The Matrix. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Okay, moving on. Small town doctor brings three people closer together. Small town doctor brings three people closer together. Okay, let me think. What films do we have with a small town doctor? We got Doc Hollywood. That doesn't make sense. Small town, small town. God, I can't okay, come up with. Go with three people closer together. Yeah. I got no idea, dude. The human centipede. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Was this like just like a Twitter game that somebody... Uh, I actually found most of this from uh, College Humor. Okay. All right. All right. Let's go to the next one here. All right. The next one is a dad has to go pick up his daughter. Oh, I'm going to say that's uh, taken. Yeah. And I know I just flipped that up, but I I knew I figured that one out. I got that one. Yeah. I'll give you that one. Yeah. Taken's always on the tip of my tongue. (laughs) Always. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, let's move to the next one here. Tells girl what on the outside is. Tells girl it's what on the inside that counts. Then changes her outsides. Tells girls, or tells girl it's what's on the inside that counts. Then changes her outsides. No, I'm sorry. it might be because of human centipede, but I'm trying to think of like a really gross horror movie now, and I'm just I'm not coming up with anything. What do we got here? Disney's Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> All right, a disheveled man roams an office building, killing people. Oh, I'm gonna say uh, Die Hard. You are correct. Yay! <laughs> I managed that one. <laughs> Is that the World Trade Center on there? <laughs> no, that's the Kumamoto Plaza. Yeah, but it looks like the World Trade Center. <laughs> All right. All right. Unsuspecting boy is seduced by a creepy old loner into a game of crime, terrorism, and incest. And incest. That's the one that throws me <laughs> off. It's got to be Okay. Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm going to go on New Hope. Oh, this makes sense. <laughs> Back too. to the future. Yeah, that makes total <laughs> sense. All right, move it on. A group spends nine hours returning jewelry. Group spends nine hours returning jewelry. Hmm. Returning jewelry? Dude, I have no idea. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> the nine hours especially. Okay. All right. A noseless guy has an unhealthy obsession with a teenage boy. Noseless guy? No idea, man. It, no idea. The Harry Potter series. So I have no idea. I don't even know what they're referring to by noseless guy. Lord Voldemort. Ah, oh yeah. I know what that guy looks like. He is kind of noseless. Okay. All right. An illegal immigrant is chased by the feds. I'm going to say E.T. again. Eventually I'm going to get this (laughs) if I say E.T. enough. (laughs) That is correct. Yay. (laughs) I probably can't lean on that anymore, though. (laughs) (laughs) All right. A beautiful princess gets catfished. A beautiful princess gets catfished. I'm going to say the Little Mermaid. You're close. It's Disney's Aladdin. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess that does happen, huh? All right. A family's first Airbnb experience goes very wrong. Airbnb? Like bed and breakfast? That's correct. Air- Airbnb is a, an app you can like uh, go. You can actually like uh, rent somebody's house for a period of time. Oh, I see. Um, no idea. Oh, my God. The Shining. Yeah, it goes very wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. A wisecracking boiler technician teaches high school students to believe in their dreams. (laughs) Is this a nightmare on Elm Street? (laughs) That is correct. At least I finished up strong. That was the best one. They saved the best one for last, I think. That was that was fucking classic. Hey, what's your favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie, just out of curiosity? Probably A New Nightmare. A New Nightmare? Yeah, I like that one, too. It was sort of like you could see where Scream came from. Like I feel like Wes Craven sort of got the idea for Scream off of that with all the meta kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. And... It's my second is actually the original and it's a clo- it's like a t- 
close toss-up between those two of them. Yeah. Um, and I think I like New Nightmare more because the, I saw that when they were kind of pushing towards my target demographic. Because mm-hmm. so, I mean, it was the one that I actually saw in the theaters and yeah, me too. I saw that one and Jason versus Freddy in the theaters. <laughs> Those are the only two. Um, you know, I think the best idea of any of the Nightmare on Elm Street ones was actually Freddy versus Jason because they had this scene where, like, they go to Elm Street at a certain point and you find out, like, every single kid, like, all the teenagers are put in medically induced comas and, like, they're just, like, stuck in like these comas so that they can avoid Freddy going into the real world. <laughs> like I thought that was like really fucking smart the way that they did that. Uh, I thought that was kind of a cool idea, but do you have anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? I think I'm spent. Yeah. I mean, actually, too. you know, I, I wanted to go on a quick rant and it was something you had mentioned earlier. It was talking about, um, TV show or, uh, TV quotes like services that don't really have ads. Yeah. So, um, the, a lot of the guys, people that were in community got together and did a episode for a show. And I, I can't think of the name of it. It's about superheroes and it's, uh, a crackle exclusive. Uh-huh. And so I watched a couple episodes of it and remembered why I fucking hate Crackle. <laughs> so you didn't have to like sign up for Crackle? It Crackle's a free service. Oh, there was a little while there where you had to like pay for it. Oh. See, I have Crackle free on PlayStation. Yeah, I had to free on a couple the, things. The then. uh the amount of freaking ads on that service are insane. Like I wouldn't mind paying a few bucks to get rid of some of those ads because when I watched, cause they're a th- basically a 30 minute runtime. Uh, it's actually by the producer of uh, robot chicken. Okay. Um, and Brian Cranston's the lead actor in it. Okay. So, I mean, I was like, oh, I'm in on this shit. And then I started watching it. The ads run, have as much runtime as the actual show did. Oh my God. That is fucking irritating. Like it, I mean, you would watch the show for like four to five minutes and have six minutes worth of ads. And it was just, it drug you right out. Yeah, I mean, like, I have no problem paying that extra fee to Hulu to get rid of commercials because I, it's funny because a friend of mine was like, why do you even fucking pay for that? Like, like if if you just get cable or whatever, it's not a, a thing. But I, like, I keep thinking about that because cable is, like, brought down the bill to the point of where it would be cheaper for me to get cable rather than, like, Hulu at this point. And then it just lands on the commercials for me. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. I have to fucking plan ahead for the DVR, which whatever, I can I can manage to do that. But like the commercials, even with the DVR, you have to like fast forward through the commercials. It's just fucking better when you can do without them. So I'm willing to pay the extra couple of bucks just to like save time in my day. Yeah. And Crackle executives, if you're watching, if you offer a version of your service where i can really cut down on the commercial time i would pay extra for that yeah (laughs) okay well i think we said everything that we need to say today so take it easy everybody i will pay big Not really, just a few bucks anyway. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to pay for that shit. Are you kidding me? (laughs)
I don't actually have debates on my show. It's called That's Debatable, but I don't really have an affirmative or negative debate, really. It's not a win or loss kind of debate. The way that I've organized the show is to kind of try to talk about arguments um, as opposed to having any one argument in particular. I think talking about arguments is a fun way to have an argument. You're kind of arguing with people as opposed to necessarily against them. A not safe for network podcast. You take that OD, you drink it down to the label. Yeah. You uh, get yourself a funnel from a gas station. <laughs> uh, you then pour sauce in up to where the, the malt just liquor started. Fill her back up. Mm-hmm. So you got yourself a little bit of a buzz on because you just drank about a third of a bottle of malt liquor. Put it inside yourself. Mm-hmm. Experience what we just had the absolute privilege of mm-hmm. experiencing in such a thickening. Yeah. I don't see any way that anyone's ever going to regret this. Yeah. We had a good life. When Wilford Brimley is telling you that that's what he's going to do, you're like, oh, wow, it must be aliens. It's totally because the mustache. Yeah, yeah, believe the mustache because when he is in the thing and he is missing the mustache. Bad news. There's something about him that's not right. And the characters pick up on it right away and they lock him away. (laughs) You know, the plot suggests it's for other reasons, but he is a man that should have a mustache. And when he doesn't, it codes for strangeness. And just all around wrongness and weirdness. The Alien Movie Project. Hi, I'm Biggs. Check out my podcast, Biggs on Film, where I do insightful commentaries on films that you love. Uh, Gort the Robot, they call him Newt. Yeah, Newt. Like like he's uh, Norwe- like, Norwegian. Yeah, <laughs> he's mostly Norwegian. Mostly. The two fancy skeletons in the back are the worst. Dude. I know, they're the best. <laughs> like, it's no wonder they lost this battle. <laughs> That's a gross-looking punching bag. Dude, oh, yeah, I'd be that worried punching... about getting Seminilla punching that bag. I think he might have given that punching bag salmonella well every now and then it's insightful find us on itunes